Welcome to the RCAP USA Roundup. Today's episode features RCAP USA's CEO, Bill Bullard, in his weekly address. Hello, I'm Bill Bullard with RCAP USA, the voice of the independent cattle producer in the United States of America. Well, it's hard to believe, but there are people in the U.S. cattle industry that don't think anything is wrong with the cattle market that returns depressed prices to cattle producers while consumers pay superinflated prices for beef. Now, we have to address this because it's difficult to implement an industry-wide solution to a problem when some people don't believe there's a problem in need of a solution. So for the sake of argument, let's accept the naysayers' premise that nothing is wrong, and let's take a look at the cattle market. We'll start in 1980, about four decades ago, when America had well over half a million more cattle farmers and ranchers than there are today, and when there were local and regional beef packing plants scattered all across America. So let's look at the facts, and I'm going to round numbers to keep this simple. Back then, the marketplace allocated 60 cents of each dollar consumers spent on beef to cattle farmers and ranchers, and the beef packers and retailers shared in the remaining 40 cents. Now fast forward to today, and the allocation has been completely reversed. Now the beef packers and retailers receive 60 cents of each consumer dollar, and cattle farmers and ranchers share the remaining 40 cents. So something, whatever it was, must have changed for the marketplace to completely reverse the allocation of each consumer dollar between cattle farmers and ranchers and the beef packers and retailers. So what was it? Now we say concentration contributed to this reversal, but the naysayers correctly point out that the high beef packer concentration, where just four large beef packers control 80% or more of the fed cattle market, was achieved in the early 90s, which was about three decades ago. So this fact suggests there must have been more that happened than just sheer concentration. Now, naysayers say this concentration is good because it increased efficiency. According to them, the few but very large beef packers can slaughter cattle cheaper due to their largeness of scale, and they have sufficient capital to buy all the cattle that cattle producers have to sell. And they're centralized, which they claim further adds to efficiency. Now, again, for the sake of argument, let's accept that premise that the packing industry has been concentrated for a long time and there are economic efficiencies to be gained from largeness of scale and centralization. But what about this? During the first decade and a half of the past two decades, the monthly returns that the concentrated beef packers received in the wholesale beef market averaged $20 more per hundredweight than what America's cow-calf producers received for their wean calves. Now that's based on a monthly average over a 15-year period. But since 2015, the monthly returns that beef packers received in the wholesale beef market jumped to $50 more per hundredweight on average than what America's cow-calf producers received. Now that's a two and a half fold increase that beef packers earned in their wholesale market over and above what America's cow-calf producers received from their cattle market. Now that means the beef packers average monthly revenues increased nearly 50% since 2015 compared to the prior 15 years. But the cow-calf producers' revenues increased only 35% during the same period. So the question is this. If it is competition that properly allocates the competitive share of the revenues of a final product among all participants in the final product supply chain, then doesn't the fact that 15% of those revenues have stopped flowing to cow-calf producers suggest that something has happened to the competitiveness of our markets? Now, this year's average monthly price for 550 weight steer calves through May was $1,084 per head. If those calves were returning the same percentage of packer revenues they did during the 15 years prior to 2015, then that average monthly 2022 price is 15% below what it should be. 
That means that even with today's higher cattle prices, the cow-calf producer is being shorted about $162 per head. And cow-calf producers involved in value-added programs such as non-hormone and non-antibiotic cattle are receiving premiums based on a base price that is $162 below what a competitive base price of those calves should be. So that begs the question, are they getting a premium or are their efforts simply allowing them to receive what every producer should already be receiving, but is not because the market is broken? If we assume the market was competitive prior to 2015, how can one say it's still competitive today after the competition-driven allocation of revenues has fundamentally changed? We must all take a critical look at our cattle markets, including those now claiming not to see, hear, or know that anything is wrong. So join with us to fix the broken cattle market. And you can go to our website at wwwr calfusacom With that, have a productive week. Thank you and goodbye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the RCAF USA Roundup. To learn more about RCAF USA, visit our website, www.r-calfusa.com.